Welcome to the podcast, The Other Woman and the Wife, where we delve into why infidelity exists and what we can learn from it. In this episode, I'm joined by Marissa. We're going to get into topics such as shame, divorce, self-harm, self-sabotage, and what it really looks like to be able to listen to yourself and allow yourself to design the reality that you want for yourself. Marissa is incredibly inspiring to me. She has been divorced twice before the age of 30. Some people would see this as something that she should find shame in, and I find it to be absolutely inspiring. I love that she's putting it on display for others to see and that we can learn something from her since she's so willing to have a vulnerable conversation with me. Without further ado, here's the episode. (laughs) Welcome to my podcast, The Other Woman and the Wife. I would like to give every listener a quick introduction to who you are and how I met you, at least from my perspective, because you'd probably be better at telling the world who you are than I would. But I met you on TikTok because I found your content to be incredibly compelling for women who are currently in the pensive stage of seeking their own individual freedom, and they think that a divorce will bring that about for them. So... I was stoked when I found you, actually. I was like, oh, my God, somebody else is out here kind of speaking about the lies about marriage Mm. and giving people courage in order to make a move that best suits them. So Mm. welcome. Thank you so much. And I, you know what? I thought the same about your content. I'm like, someone else talking about something controversial where you probably get judgment at first, but then people are like, wait a second. I like this girl and then you win them over and it's a whole freaking thing kill them with kindness yeah well sometimes we don't sometimes we're like "Mm, we'll be petty but it's fine fine." (laughs) yes absolutely okay so marissa red yes i'm gonna be interchanging your name with this a lot throughout this podcast so i hope you like it i Um, love it can you tell me a little bit about why you felt compelled to encourage women in the midst of the decision to divorce Yeah, you know, I don't want to say it came from shame, but after I went through my second divorce, I've been married and divorced twice before 30, I I did feel a lot of shame around that. And I just remember thinking this can't be all there is for me. Like I, I don't want my life to be the divorced girl, right? Like and it is kind of, but doing nothing impactful with it. And I thought if this is going to be my life, because that's what my choices have boiled down to, then I want to do something good with it. And I also just didn't want other women to feel the shame around being not only divorced once, but twice, three times. And so I just figured, you know what, I'm going to start talking about it and normalizing it and see what happens. And apparently there are a lot of women who resonate with this idea of feeling shame after divorce who don't want to feel it and just want to go on to create a really beautiful life. Can you tell me a little bit more about the shame that you felt with your decision to divorce? Yeah, I would say it's it's kind of hard to put a finger on, right? Because what I believe is a lot of the shame I felt was internalized and a lot of it came from culture, TV shows, your family, people telling you divorce is not an option. If you are divorced, something is fundamentally wrong with you. And that kind of came from feedback from people after I'd gotten divorced saying, oh, you're damaged goods, you're defective, you're a red flag. 
the religion that I grew up in, which, you know, said you get married once and, and you stay with that person forever. And if you don't, you're like this sinner. And how do you come back from that? Because you can't take back divorce, right? Unless you go back to that person and remarry them. Mm-hmm. So I, from culture to my family, to entertainment, to religion, it was kind of like, wow, maybe I am damaged goods because I can't keep a person. And I think even at the root of that is feeling like my value came from whether or not I could, number one, get, and number two, keep a man. Mm, interesting that you say keep a person, keep a man. Mm, I, know. Um, I know. Do you think that those two things are important? And if so, why or why not? Getting a man and keeping a man? Mm-hmm. Um, now, no. <laughs> I think if you would have asked me this question before my first marriage, I would have been like, absolutely, right? This man loves me. I'm probably not going to find another man who loves me. My value is tied into whether or not this man loves me. And so, therefore, if I'm going to be happy and have value, I need to get married and stay married. And it was solely the important thing for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I hadn't been di- or divorced. I hadn't been single since eighth grade. I started dating and I was always with a guy. So when I tell you the first time I had been single was 29 going through my second divorce. So now, no, I'll tell you that you can find joy, value, and happiness all on your own. And as much as random dudes on the internet want to tell you you're going to be a future cat lady, it's really happy on the side of being a cat lady or dog lady or whatever you are. I really don't see any problem with being a cat lady. I I actually aspire to be one. (laughs) I mean, we have, what, like five Four cats in this house, three dogs. We had three bunnies. What do you think it was that compelled you to think like that about women's value being tied to getting a man and keeping a man? Outside of religion, which I kind of already noted, I would say that's just what I feel they teach young girls. And I I can't really pinpoint like an exact moment where I developed this idea that I have to have a man. However, like, you have the Cinderella movie and she did everything that she could to, you know, get to the prince, get to the ball, or I guess every fairy tale movie is like that. So it's, you're yay big. You're like, you know, three feet tall watching these movies and entertainment and even just, I guess, like in your friend groups, right? It's always about like getting a boyfriend and how to get a guy. So I think it was just this very, these subtle cultural cues of this is what you're supposed to do. Because I don't think anyone ever straight up told me you need to get a man and keep a man to have value. <laughs> right. Isn't it interesting how content can condition us to be in places that we don't necessarily need to be? So weird. I Yes. And I remember thinking when I was debating whether or not to get my second divorce. And part of this is like my religion background. But I remember thinking, if I get divorced again, that's a sin. And I don't I don't want to be the bad person, right? And then all of a sudden, my brain went, what if the real sin is being somewhere you're not supposed to be trying to be like everybody else? Mm-hmm. And I went, ooh. And that's like part of when I knew, like, I need to go. I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. And then I left. And I realized even more I wasn't supposed to be there. I think the best way to become a dedicated center is by keeping our focus on what is a sin, even though we don't actually understand that it it's the sin is not living true to ourselves. Mm. You know? Oh 
re- no, you're like speaking to my soul right now because that's exactly where I've landed after doing all the work, right? Before yeah. it was just like a sin to me was not being a good little girl, whereas now it's like a sin to me is is not being the authentic person who challenges and questions these cultural things. That's right. That's right. I completely align with that statement. Can you tell me a little bit about why why do you think it is that the societal pressures want us to believe that divorce is a sin? I don't know. Maybe it's a part like I'm going to tell you where my head just went when you asked that, which was I don't know, the patriarchy, like maybe it makes sense to have a woman in the family doing the wifey stuff so the dude can work. Like I don't think that I truly know the answer to that question. So I don't want to be like, here's all the things that I don't really know, but it's definitely there. Does that I make think sense? that's, yeah, it does. And I think that's one of the most authentic answers that you can give anybody to a question that you don't know the answer to. Yeah. Um, I don't know is an answer. And so I'm glad that you felt, you felt like you could say that here. So that makes me happy. Thanks, Chelsea. You made me feel safe. <laughs> Good. That's that's my intent here. Nobody is unsafe here. We're yes. all safe inside of our existence. So what compelled you to divorce the first time versus the second time? How did your thought process differ, if at all? Yeah. So the first time I was very young, I had gotten married at 22, just turning 23. And we were married for about a year. And I knew months before the wedding that I did not want to marry this guy. And Actually, eight months before the wedding, I made out with another dude. I was like super drunk and I was making out with this guy. So like I'm like straddling this dude in college and I'm like making out with him and I go, I'm taking this to my grave. I was like, I'm never going to tell anyone about this, okay, ever. He was like, yeah, yeah, good. And I'm like, okay. Literally three hours later, it was like 5 a.m. I'm like, I kissed somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) So the way that played out, one, one, I wish I would have seen that as like, a red flag in myself. Like I was trying to sabotage the relationship so I didn't have to move forward with it, but I didn't know that then. So he ended up freaking out. He forgave me. So then I felt kind of obligated to marry him. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I was like, you know what? This is the way it goes. You know, you go to college, you meet someone, you marry them, you live happily ever after. So I was just doing the next best thing, I think. And so getting to marriage with him and day one of the cruise of our honeymoon or day three, I should say, something really wild like happened. Like he, it was just crazy. And then he like brought up divorce. And that day I was like, I'm divorcing this man. And I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know when. But yeah, it was almost like this just really bad feeling that I didn't know how to explain. I didn't, I couldn't put a finger on it. I just knew this is not good. And because I couldn't communicate or understand my own feelings, I had then resorted to like self-harm. Mm-hmm. And I, at some point I was just writing really dark poetry and like harming myself. And I thought, I don't know why I need to leave, but I need to leave for mm-hmm. the fact that I don't want to continue hurting myself. And so at that point, I didn't understand my decision. I just knew I had to go. And that's why I left the first marriage. I mean, he was very toxic, but that's me speaking in, in hindsight. Uh, as opposed to the second where I... We were married for two years. Neither of us did the work to heal after our first marriages because he was married too. And so I had this little feeling before marrying him. I had some similar struggles, um, but I didn't notice it because I was too busy, you know, coping with 
alcohol, food, all the other things. So I just kept it moving and married him. And then probably about a year into it, I was like, hmm, I think I'm repeating some patterns. This really sucks. What do I do with it? I'll just try to work it out. And then when I got to about March of 2021, I I really thought I need to take some time to get quiet and and really learn my inner voice. What does she sound like? What does she want? Where do I want to go from here? Because a second divorce before the age of 30 is really serious. Like this isn't a joke to me. If I can make it work, I want to make it work. But if I'm not supposed to be here, I want to leave. And so mm-hmm. – Yeah, I ended up deleting all my social media. I went into hermit mode for the entire month of March and I just would get, I would go into my, I called it my, what do I call it? I don't know, like a faith closet or something like that. And I would just go in there and I would just let whatever would come up, come up. And by the end of it, I kind of just said, ask for a separation. And then I knew, I'm like, yeah, it's done. Mm. So that one was a little bit more thoughtful and like it's going to really suck but I know that this is what I'm supposed to do I am so captivated by the fact that you touched on a topic that I still struggle with going into so I'm hoping that we can kind of go into it together yeah but can you tell me a little bit you touched on self-sabotage and self-harm and I'd like to know what your understanding is of how we go about sabotaging our own relationships with that in mind yeah, so obviously it it wasn't conscious for me. It, sometimes I feel like when you resist your inner knowing, your inner voice, or just that feeling of something's off, it usually starts to bleed out in other ways. And so I had this feeling of, I don't want to get married. I'm not happy in this relationship. I don't want to be here. But let me just shove it down. I'm going to keep pushing forward. And so what it ended up doing is it started overflowing in other ways. And the other ways were, again, I was binge drinking all of the time, which was not like Marissa in college. I was a division two volleyball player. I wasn't out drinking all the time because I wanted to be in the best shape and perform like the best. Making out with a dude that like I liked, but like I had never like cheated on a person. Why would I do that? And I had been cheated on before. So, you know, to that extent, I think it was it was just literally me shoving down my feelings and it boiling over. And I think it's the same thing with the self-harm where, again, you're shoving down, but it has to come out some way. And so I always think of it as like when I'm like resisting my feelings of all my feelings are in a room behind a closed door and I'm like holding the door shut, but like the tension continues to rise until everything blows. And like to me, that was what cutting was. It was a physical representation of how badly I was feeling inside, but I did not know how to say it or or even explain it. So I was like, but look, no, I'm really hurting. You can see the cuts on my arm. I'm actually in pain. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Wow. I am so impressed by you. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I completely understand what you mean by suppressing your emotions when we'll say your intuition is in contradiction with how you are currently mm-hmm. living your life. How do you deal with those negative knowings that you're not ready to pursue yet. How do you how do you grapple with that now? How does it differ from the past? Yeah. So after actually probably before my second divorce while I was still in the marriage, I learned something called visceral intelligence. And it was that sometimes your body knows before your brain does and before anything else does. And so my friend, I learned about this because my friend was studying to be a life coach. And so she was practicing on me. And so she said the way that you can 
just practice visceral intelligence, which is your your body just has knowledge, is by asking yourself questions and answering. You can answer some truthfully. You can answer some non-truthfully. And pay attention to what happens in your body. And so if I would ask myself, hey, is your hair blonde? And I would be like, yeah, I would feel the tension in my chest. My shoulders would get like tighter. My jaw would clench it. Like the that was a visceral no, like mm, that's wrong. Whereas if someone were like, hey, is your hair red? I'd be like, oh my God, yes. And like my chest would open up and my shoulders were relaxed. And like, you know, my eyebrows were raised and I was happy. And it was just learning to see what what your body looks like when it's telling you certain things. So like now I started practicing just in casual conversations. And so when someone would ask me, hey, do you want to go to dinner with me tonight? And if immediately I went like this, I go, nope, sorry, I can't. Tonight's really just time for me, you know, whatever, whatever. And I just, I don't know. I really just started practicing noticing what my body feels like in specific moments so that I could answer in a way that was authentic to Marissa. It sounds like you were claiming what you identify with rather than you know, pushing yourself into a box that you necessarily didn't. Right. Like doing things just because I wanted other people to feel good or because I thought it was the right thing to do or what I should be doing. It was more Mm -hmm. of what does Marissa actually want? What is my body telling me? And then pushing forward that way. I agree. Yeah. It almost sounds like that's the approach you took in developing actual self-awareness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I align, (laughs) Chell. If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the other women community. The other women community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences. We give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theotherwomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer. All right, let's jump back into the episode. So it's interesting to me that like one of, I feel like one of the taglines that you have on your content, which makes me so happy to see is that you're very, you socialize the line twice divorced before 30. Why do you think that you feel so intent about noting that you are twice divorced and the age of 30? What do you think? What do you think it is? Well, there's two reasons. There's the silly reason and then there's the deeper reason, right? Which the the silly reason was if I don't laugh about it, I'll cry about it. And I'm going to mm-hmm. make fun of myself before other people get to, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm just going to say it. I'm going to put it out there because if I put it out there, no one else can make it up about me. And then the other part of it is that's what gave me the most intense shame was that line of being like, wow, I've been divorced twice before 30. And so I think it's just to normalize, hey, like this is – I don't want to say it's normal, but there are a lot of women who have had multiple divorces. And I I wanted to show people, okay, here's my shame. I'm going to put it on display so that you can feel less alone and understand that nothing's gone wrong. You're not damaged. You're not defective. And also, like, this is a little blip in your life. Five years from now, 10 years from now, this is going to mean nothing to you because it is nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is just a certificate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I graduated two marriages. Duh. <laughs> like, it's a certificate of a dissolution of a marriage, you know. <laughs> 
congratulations. That's what the judge told me after my first marriage. He was like, Congrats. It's the admission that this relationship no longer served me or the rest of the world. So we called it. The marriage was complete. Okay. And so <laughs> I left. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Do you have any aspirations to get remarried? Uh, I'm still doing the work there a lot because one of the things I really struggle with is trusting myself now. And again, that's kind of where that awareness is and learning to listen to my body and and all of that comes into play. But I think there's a a little kid inside of me that's like, but what if you make the wrong decision again? What if what if you meet the wrong person and you stay with them to please them in, instead of honoring your true self and what you want and what you know you deserve? And so I think th- that plays a role into me even dating at all because I, I really haven't done a whole lot of that. If I well, met the right person. If I mean, you met the right person, I mean. I think I, think I want to touch into something that you just said, but – what do you think is required to trust yourself? Exactly what I'm doing. This is the best part, right? Like I have I have spent time getting to know myself. I've spent like quiet time in my inner world. I've thrown things against the wall to see what sticks. Like do I like tea at sunset? Do I want to work out? I have done the awareness work, which is doing the check-in and being like, is this right for me? And so – that's the best part about your question is this fear over here is driving so much of my behavior. However, I am building trust already. And I know that if I were in a situation with someone who didn't align, I have all the tools I need to make whatever decision I need to make. Mm. I know that. Great question. Mm. I have goosebumps. Thank you so much. (laughs) From, From my own words. Beautifully put. Beautifully put. And you should have goosebumps because I have them too. Oh, yay. I have one last question for you, Red. Now, you know, like, I only want to see you with red hair. But anyways, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) what have you learned that you want to share with other women? Mm. That is such a loaded question. You have all the time in the world. Mm. I think this is super simple. But this is really primarily my message online, which is there is life after divorce. And I think that because of culture's idea that our value is tied up in a man, that when women get divorced, there is this idea and feeling of this is it. This is over. There's nothing left for me. And what do I do now? (laughs) And it really, really does feel like the world is ending. and. I just want to offer women that there is hope and it's going to suck, right? You don't get to skip like the sucky part. Mm-hmm. Like you might have one year, two years. It's really not linear, right? So you might have good days, bad days, whatever. And this is what I tell women. Embrace the suck. Let it be there. And there's a duality to life. You can at the same time, while it sucks, know that there is life on the other side and you're going to get there and envision it and know what your life is going to look like. So if I had to wrap it up, I'd say like those three-ish things that I kind of just whoop, together. I'm sure it got through just the way that it needs to get through to some people. <laughs> Thanks. Red, I love you for coming on to this podcast. I know that when we first yeah. met, I saw you as a, a huge inspiration and you still are an inspiration to me and many other women who are grappling with life and understanding what their experience is supposed to be in life. 
And so I, I just want to thank you for pouring out this vulnerable conversation with me and allowing other women to hear it and not being afraid and learning to trust yourself. Mm. All of those things benefit the world in great ways. So thank you so much so for being good. here. Thank you for having me. And I just have to say, I I think it's always been mutual, right? Like <laughs> I've always watched your content and been like, wow, she's so brave. How does she do that? I could never be that brave. It's so interesting what our brains do. <laughs> but like you realize when you get to know people like this that we're all just human and we're all just doing our best and we all just want to connect and somehow make the world a little bit better. So I appreciate what you're doing to the like nth degree for especially in, in the world of people who are betrayers. I love that. I think you're really making a difference. So thank you. I sure hope so. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've made it this far, you're likely someone who is invested in the journey of being the other woman. We understand that this can be a difficult and complex experience, which is why we offer guided coaching to help you heal and move forward. We encourage you to explore the links in the episode description or visit theotherwomanandthewife.com slash coaching to learn more about our exclusive coaching program and apply today. Thank you again for your support, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.